Welcome to This is Robotics, radio news, podcasting news and commentary from around the world. Please join us for today's radio news report with your host, Tom Green, for news, analysis, and commentary from the wide world of robotics. Radio News is a production of Asian Robotics Review, your most trusted news resource in global robotics. And now, here's Tom. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our Black Friday special here on This Is Robotics Radio News. Thanks for coming. We really appreciate it. And happy holidays. Thanks, Claire, for that spirited introduction. You always bring major mojo to the podcast. It's infectious, especially during the holiday season. We've got a full wall-to-wall robotics news report for you today. Look also for the PDF versions of these same news stories online at Asian Robotics Review's special This Is Robotics webpage. Here's today's lineup of robotics news. Pittsburgh, the city saved by robotics. Down it went in the 1980s, then back it came on the wings of robotics. Let's see what happened to that great city. The golden age of AMRs, autonomous mobile robots. What's happening in that space and where is it all going? The patent wars, global robotics patents. Who's winning, who's losing, and who are the also-rans, and what the heck does it all mean? We also have a very special section today, a threesome of eye-popping new age robots. Number one, capsule robotics. Number two, the all-robot auto plant. And three, we ask the question, are cobots now growing dexterous hands? Okay, let's get on with the news. Here it is, in detail. Pittsburgh is one of the world's greatest robotics hubs, but it wasn't always that way. With the collapse of the steel industry there in the 1980s, Pittsburgh was devastated and it looked like it was doomed. The city reached out to robotics, nurtured it, and with that nurturing and a lot of hard work came greatness. Surprisingly, not enough people know about Pittsburgh's plight and transformation. As Joel Reed, executive director of the Pittsburgh Robotics Network, put it when asked, Pittsburgh is a bigger, more capable, and more influential robotics center than the world knows. So true, I found out the hard way. So there I was, speaking with the Brain Trust, charged with transforming Korea's Daegu City into Asia's largest robot technopolis, and I mentioned Pittsburgh as a model on how robotics can be so transformative for a city. With great interest, but mostly unaware of what took place in Pittsburgh, they asked how Pittsburgh related to Daegu City. They knew very little about Three Rivers other than the famous CMU, Carnegie Mellon University, a hotbed of robotics. I told them that probably no other city in the world owes as much to its revitalization as Pittsburgh does to robotics. That immediately piqued their curiosity. They wanted to know more. Although Daegu City, which is a population of about 2.5 million, is bustling in one of Korea's most successful cities, and certainly far from the devastation of Pittsburgh in the 1980s, its rendezvous with robotics may be equally enriching. All of which got me to thinking, how many should know about Pittsburgh, but don't? Here's a bunch of folks 7,000 miles away who want to know more and are sure that Pittsburgh's rise as a robot metropolis could help their cause. My next thought was, what a perfect story of Thanksgiving to publish during Thanksgiving. Homage to Pittsburgh. How robotics saved a city. Pittsburgh, from dying steel town to global robotics hub. 
I asked good friend Henry Leonard, lifelong Pittsburgh resident and a former writer for the Pittsburgh Business Times, to share with our readers how Pittsburgh pulled off this remarkable renaissance. At the peak of the Pittsburgh steel industry in the early 1970s, writes Henry, it employed more than 90,000 workers. By 1980, that number dropped to 44,000. In the mid-1980s, the entire industry collapsed, with massive layoffs and mill closures. By 2000, 29 steel companies in Pittsburgh had declared bankruptcy. Pittsburgh's unemployment rate reached 17% in 1983, and the city was losing more than 4,000 people a month. Its aspiring middle class was cratering, never to return. And that was just the economy. The health of the city was worse. Historically, the air quality issues in Pittsburgh, you could qualify them as severe. It was a grim city, a city you could taste in your mouth, a city that smarted in your eyes. If you go back to the 1940s and 1950s, life expectancy, particularly for people who worked in industrial facilities, wasn't much above 50, 55 years old. In the years since, Pittsburgh remade itself with robotics, artificial intelligence, advanced manufacturing, and software. Hundreds of new robotics and other high-tech companies dot the landscape and are thriving, which in turn has transformed the city. Pittsburgh's growing in population for the first time since the 1950s, and now features regularly in lists like the hottest cities of the future. And it's all due to robotics. I liked Henry's Pittsburgh Renaissance article so much that I quickly commissioned another from him. This time, Let's look at Pittsburgh's future. Where is it bound in this burgeoning age of robots and automation? So next month, Henry's part two will tell us. In the meantime, Pittsburgh, from dying steel town to global robotics hub, awaits your reading pleasure. At This Is Robotics page for Black Friday's special at Asian Robotics Review. Food for thought. Wouldn't it be awesome if Pittsburgh and Daegu City hooked up as sister cities? and cross-pollinated each other with robotics? What cool things could come of that? Maybe a few among Pittsburgh's robotics elite many might set up a branch in Daegu City, and a few from Daegu City might head to Pittsburgh. How sweet would that be? Unless you've been under a rock somewhere, you've undoubtedly heard the noise of their wheels and the rush of them whizzing by you, either on TV news, YouTube, or better, in person. What you're seeing and hearing is the future arriving in a hurry. They're called AMRs, Robotics' newest celebrities, autonomous mobile robots. I got my first glimpse of them back in 2018 at Modex, way off in a corner on some subterranean level. Next to the snack bar in men's room, no less, was a two-small booth stuffed with a bunch of Chinese guys in their AMR gear. They call themselves Geek Plus. One look at their AMR tech gear was all anyone needed to know that these machines were a whole new species of robot. I knew in an instant that these AMRs were about to change everything in logistics, and that logistics was ready and waiting for them. Perfect timing. They had arrived as e-commerce was beginning to churn the hell out of everything before it. Yes, for sure there were AGVs around and massive AR RS erector sets but nothing quite like these non-stop merchandise whirlwinds that, when enough were put into action, could take on any commerce deluge headed their way. Plus, they are adaptable and flexible. 
and fit almost any kind of warehouse, DC, or fulfillment center. Old warehouse, new warehouse, teeny, small, or massive warehouse, wherever merchandise needs to be stored, moved, or shipped out of, these were the machines to do it, quickly and productively. I wrote an article about them back then called Make Way for the Kiva Killers, Geek Plus Has Arrived fleet of Chinese logistics robots debut in North America. Since then, and in spite of the pandemic, and because of the pandemic, AMRs have not only flourished, they have massively proliferated. Now there's even a new kid on the block, High Robotics, with its tall boy AMRs, that not only are smart and mobile, but they can reach up to grab and put away totes up to a height of 5 meters, that's 16 feet, for even more room for inventory. AMRs replace traditional fulfillment tools targeted at increasing merchandise, picking efficiency, and productivity. They are used for order picking operations, zone picking, goods to person, autonomous piece picking, or flexible sortation. The best testimony as to the logistics-taming skills of these AMRs is how adept they are at killing off a bloated bottom line. Deutsche Bank estimates that AMRs have cut picking cycle times of 60 to 75 minutes to roughly 15 minutes. That inventory space grew 50% per warehouse due to smarter use of space. And that AMRs, in the hands of the likes of Amazon, save the e-commerce behemoth over $20 million per warehouse using these AMRs. Analysis websites like Style Intelligence publish AMR charts crowded with teeny logos of hundreds of AMR vendors. Old-line robotics and automation vendors are out shopping for and buying up these teeny logos as fast as possible. No one in automation wants to be left behind by the AMR movement. Even a telco conglomerate like Verizon jumped in and acquired Austrian-based Incubed IT, making for a nice addition to its 5G and edge compute tech. And even robot logistics vendors like Locus Robotics saw wisdom in acquiring AMR maker Waypoint. Then, too, industrial robot giant ABB scooped up Spanish AMR maker ASTI Mobile Robot. You get the drift. Adding capabilities via acquisition. That's the big spend trend. It's a mad, mad world of AMRs on the rise. Currently deployed at some 9,000 separate customer sites, AMRs are forecast by 2025 to reside in over 53,000 customer sites. That's amazing. Everyone is taking a stab at projected sales. Statson and Magna Intelligence forecast the AMR market to more than triple, from $2 billion to more than $7 billion by 2028. Grandview Research basically agrees with the stats on Magna numbers. Add AGVs to AMRs, and the forecast is more like $13 billion. Overall, however, it looks like AGVs are on the wane. Taking the hit for more intelligent AMRs will be AGVs. While AGVs still accounted for over 50% of all mobile robot revenues in 2020, this is expected to drop to under 25% by 2025. That's a death blow. AMRs are just smarter and better. AMRs autonomously move along the factory floor, track-free, bypassing obstacles in their path and even finding new paths on their own. That's mobile intelligence in action, which the Boston Consulting Group is forecasting as the way forward in robotics from now to 2030. AMRs have even expanded everyone's interest in other mobile robots like follower robots and tough boy off-road AMRs. Follower robots, sometimes called tag-along robots, do exactly as their name suggests. They follow people around. 
Under various types of development since the 1990s, follower robots are most commonly seen as pieces of luggage following someone in an airport or as a small mobile shopping cart following a shopper and toting the shopper's food or merchandise selections. Follower robots have lately taken to farming. One such tag-along agricultural robot is Boro from Philadelphia-based Algian Robotics. Boro, weighing 500 pounds and capable of carrying 1,000 pounds, looks like a pallet resting atop four wheels. Whereas follow robots generally rely upon following a tag in a person's pocket, Boro, because of deep learning and computer vision, sees the world and navigates through it using cameras and sensors. Another class of AMRs are the tough boy robots. You know the ones I'm talking about. They sound like this. With global warming bringing dramatic increases in wild weather, wildfires, and wild disasters, tough boy robotics are more and more coming into vogue to fight the global warming battle or to prevent people from getting into harm's way. Or at construction sites, or in mining, either above or below ground. Some have tank treads, some others have big boy wheels. Two of the best hail from the great state of Maine. How and How Technologies, now owned by Textron, and Sealink Systems, continuously owned and operated since 1997 by Bill Lovell. Each is about 50 miles apart from one another. How and How's machines can be seen in Hollywood movies, or like the Thermite Robot fighting fires in Los Angeles and elsewhere. Due north in Norway, Maine, Sealink Systems builds tough boys, like the Forager sandbagging system, which is always handy for impending disasters. Lately, Sealink has taken to narrow vein mining with a small fleet of tough boy robots. From warehouses to farming to narrow vein mining, it looks very much like we are entering into the golden age of AMRs, an age that may last for a very long time, or at least as long as mobility and intelligence are needed in logistics, agriculture, construction, or mining, which, of course, means just about forever. Global Robotics Patents, the Mighty Patent Wars. Patent activity is a useful indicator of technological progress and innovation in robotics. Between 2005 and 2019, 72,618 robotics patents were granted worldwide. So who was leading, who was on the rise, and who are the also-rans? In other words, the patent wars, who's winning? Let's take a look. Georgetown University's The Center for Security and Emerging Technology is out with its 2021 Global Overview and Trends in Robotics Patents, covering the years 2005 through 2019. The study uses a wide net to cover robotics patents filed across 88 countries, using databases from the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the European Patent Office, and the World Intellectual Property Organization, known as WIPO. China has become the clear global leader in total number of robotics patents issued, says a recent article from NextGov, with nearly triple the number of robotics patents granted per year as the United States. The nonpartisan think tank found China accounted for more than 25,000, or almost 35% of the global robotics patents, nearly three times more than the 9,500 robotics patents for the U.S. The U.S. ranked fourth among nations, coming in behind China's 25,000, Japan's 15,000, and Korea's 11,000, in total number of robotics patents issued since 2005. 
Well, the U.S. once dominated the global share of robotics patents issued, says the report. China reversed that trend a decade ago with its Made in China 2025 plan and is not slowing down its pace of robotics innovation. In 2019, China captured 5,400 robotics patents, or a 43% share of global robotics patents. Conversely, the U.S. issued 2,100, or 17% of global robotics patents. The report further states China tops the chart in patents for industrial robotics, transportation, humanoid, exoskeleton, agriculture, underwater applications, and education. The United States leads in robotics patents in areas such as aerospace, medical, military security, and telepresence, as well as robotics patents with AI features. For the European Union, Germany leads with just under 5%, with 3,439 patents. The European Patent Office, at 942, has a 1.3% share of the total. The report's authors argue changes in the ways the U.S. federal government addresses emerging technologies will be critical to the U.S. fostering more robotics innovation. Here's an interesting note. The study indicates that China partly grew its patent output by offering incentives to investors, companies, and universities including decreased tax rates for companies with a certain number of robotics patents. For a PDF download of the entire report, Global Overview and Trends in Robotics Patents, please see the current issue of Asian Robotics Review for November's Black Friday special of This is Robotics Radio News. How about free breakthroughs in robotics, where each has earth-shaking potential for fame and fortune? Capsule Robotics, the all-robot auto plant, and Cobot's next great gift to industry, the Cobot Dextrous Hand. In the future, all surgery will be non-invasive. Anyone who has experienced the odd discomfort of a colonoscopy would no doubt readily opt to swallow instead a 22 by 11 millimeter medical device, about half the size of a wine cork, that can perform the same procedure as a colonoscope and much more. Technology for such a new medical device has been developed. It may be at an inflection point that, much sooner than later, pushes it into the marketplace for widespread use. With an astounding 19 million colonoscopies performed annually in the U.S., capsule robotics could dramatically reduce the average $3,000 cost of the procedure, not to mention the relief from dread from millions of patients. A new study by Pierre Dupont et al., called A Decade of Retrospective Medical Robotics Research from 2010 to 2020, explains how instrument-free non-invasive diagnosis and therapy inside the digestive tract will be performed through a new branch of robotics, capsule robotics. Around the year 2000, given imaging, now Medtronic, put forth the possibility of collecting images deep inside the bowel just by swallowing a pill. It revolutionized the field of gastrointestinal endoscopy and sparked a brand new field of research. The major challenge, integrating complex mechanisms including an adequate power supply into a pill-sized device. A breakthrough approach has arrived. Magnetic actuation solve this limitation. The use of magnetic coupling bypasses the need for intricate mechanisms and reduces onboard power needs. This form of actuation manipulates the capsule containing an embedded magnet via an externally generated magnetic field. 
This mechanically simple arrangement can precisely control capsule orientation, motion, and navigation. Basically, Capsule Robotics combines the use of robotics, computer vision, and advanced magnetics, enabling even non-expert users to effectively perform magnetic colonoscopy which, of course, is an awesome consideration. The medical expense and the forecast of a 16% increase in procedures would be drastically reduced. Capsule Robotics for robotic endoscopy is non-invasive and inexpensive for colonoscopies, as well as in a variety of applications where navigation in unstructured environments is required, such as catheters, pancreatic endoscopy, bronchoscopy, and gastroscopy. Maybe soon, when your doctor schedules you for a colonoscopy, you can ask for the pill. During a tour of Nissan's auto plant in Bangkok, I was treated to a seemingly endless train of individual mini-AVGs loaded with automobile parts, following a floor track and winding their way from one workstation to another throughout the facility. I remarked that it was amazing to watch. But I was told in polite English, you ain't seen nothing yet. In Japan, it seems that only smart robots need to apply for work at Nissan's brand new intelligent auto plant. Nissan Executive Vice President Hideyuki Sakamoto said up till now, people had to make production adjustments through experience. But now robots with artificial intelligence analyzing collected data are able to do it. The technology has developed to that level. The aforementioned all-robot production adjustments include all of the welding, joining, mounting, even painting, which the robots QC themselves, plus installing EV, hybrid, or combustion engine powertrains in succession on the same production line. The factory in Japan's Tochigi Prefecture is scheduled for full production mode in April of 2022. Nissan said the innovations being tested in Tochigi will be gradually rolled out to its other global plants, including French alliance partner Renault's factories. Nissan has announced plans for a $1.14 billion in enhancement for its global factories. $290 million was invested in the Tochigi plant. Tochigi is the third key production facility for Nissan in Japan, after Kyushu and Opama each with a production capacity of about 250,000 units annually. That's over 2,000 vehicles a day per auto plant. Of course, with a global shortage of computer chips ongoing, those lofty production numbers may be hard to pull off. The dexterous five-fingered cobot hand. What's the next big breakthrough in tech for cobots? How about a dexterous, sophisticated five-fingered hand? How about the next time you go to the symphony, the conductor is just a pair of hands on a podium? Say a clone of Stravinsky's hands, conducting in the exact same way Stravinsky conducted the Rite of Spring. In Francis Negrello's Hands in the Real World, featured in Robotics and A&I, she writes, The human hand's ability to interact with the world for crafting, exploring, and even conveying emotions is one defining human characteristic that has inspired scientists and innovators for centuries. Well, maybe not as glorious as a Bernini or Rodin's hands in stone, technology is closing in on a dexterous, sophisticated, five-fingered hand for cobots. Cobotics that first gave us that marvelous arm and lately filled it with sensors, compute power, and machine learning now may be readying to offer up the ultimate tool, a five-fingered hand, a near clone of our own. 
Of the near two dozen global R&D projects for five-fingered hands, only two have been certified for real-world marketplaces, QB Robotics Softhand and Shunk's SVH for collaborative operation. Lately, artificial intelligence firm OpenAI gave it a try with Dactyl, using their humanoid robot hand to solve a Rubik's Cube with software that's a step toward more general AI and a step away from the common single-task mentality. DeepMind created RGB Stacking, a vision-based system that challenges a robot to learn how to grab items and to stack them. Now comes PhD student Tao Chen, a member of MIT's Improbable AI Lab. I love that name, Improbable AI. And he's the lead researcher on a dexterous hand system that can reorient over 2,000 different objects with the robotic hand facing both upwards and gravity-defying downwards. This ability to manipulate anything from a cup of tea to a can of tuna could help lead the hand to quickly pick and place objects in specific ways and locations, and even generalize to unseen objects. Our system, says Chen, will allow a multi-fingered hand to dexterously manipulate tools which opens up a new area of robotics applications. Still a ways away from Negrello's hands in the real world, this breakthrough could well be the cobot's next great gift to industry. Imagine the sight of a factory floor filled with cobot arms and dexterous five-fingered hands tending CNC machines as elegantly as Stravinsky conducted. Well, folks, that brings to a close our special Black Friday edition of This Is Robotics Radio News. We sincerely hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did putting it together. Need to get in touch with us? We're at news at thisisrobotics.com. Once again, you can reach us at news at thisisrobotics.com. Please check out the text versions of today's news stories waiting for you at Asian Robotics Review. See you in December. In the meantime, drink safely, drive safely, and have a hell of a lot of fun. Auf Wiedersehen. That brings to a close today's edition of Radio News. As always, thank you for your interest and attention. Until our next report, please be sure to click on over to This Is Robotics, the online news column at Asian Robotics Review. Also, look for This Is Robotics radio news at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Pandora. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, this is Radio News, signing off. Have a great day.